Well, 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 welcome to the What Show. And we have uh, a new guest in the podcast. We have Bruno. Please, uh, well, introduce yourself. What are you all about? Uh, okay, hello everyone. My name is Bruno. Um, I go by the artistic name of uh, Bruno the Landlady. Uh, fun fact about me, I am actually uh, three centimeters shorter fun than fun. Adolf Hitler, which I think it's really <laughs> fundamental. Um, I know, right? <laughs> uh, what else? Um, yeah, I'm Portuguese. Uh, I'm in Cambridge studying film studies. And basically, uh, Daniel, the dishwasher, the, is uh, probably the first person that I met. Yeah, same thing. Um, well, we met as soon first, as I arrived uh, to university. Uh, Italian fuckboy. <laughs> quite, a, quite a character. But we didn't get <laughs> to really have that, uh, that friendship that we did build between, between, uh, between each other. Yeah. Like that deep connection, yeah. Well, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Let's take a break. Um. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. Uh, That's it. Thank you for coming. Well, we can uh, <laughs> we can talk a bit about uh, how's how is lockdown for you? I haven't seen you uh, in a long time. Yeah, and we actually haven't had like a proper conversation for like a really, really long time. Um, so I don't know, like I was thinking about um, dividing these between like the first lockdown and the second lockdown that we are in because uh, they are very distinct experiences for me. Um, so yeah, the first lockdown, you know, it started really well uh, in the sense that it's like, oh, nice, you know, I don't have to work and I get my salary. I just have, you know, 24 hours a day to work on my personal projects, you know, be a little more creative, explore my artistic side, and then, you know, ended up not being that productive. And I realized that it's not about having time, it's about uh, wanting to do stuff. Um, but yeah, it was actually quite hard for me. Uh, I was still living in my previous house with my uh, living uh, Soviet uh, landlady, and uh, things started started escalating. Um, quite quickly. Um, then there was some, you know, family issues, whatever. Um, but yeah, as soon as we got out of the lockdown, I got out of that house. Um, and you know, another fun fact that this you actually, I think you still don't know. I went to live, uh, with, uh, a person that we both know who it is. And in the second lockdown, uh, it's different for me because I came to my house in Portugal. And as soon as I arrived here, um, that person kicked me out of the house. So basically, uh, I have no place to go back now. I mean, I have. I already found a room. Um, but yeah, it was intense. Uh, <laughs> I really identify with the, with the concept that you're saying that the, like, the two lockdowns were totally different. And for me, it was the same thing. For me, the first lockdown... Uh, well, haven't there been like three lockdowns? I think there are three chapters in this whole COVID thing that I I can identify as three different things. So the first lockdown, I went to I went back home, and it was really fun. Like the first like 
big lockdown we were back at home with my with my family and uh, luckily we had like we have a garden and everything we just like we could step out of the house and and be outside and it was sunny and hot and perfect then the second lockdown was here in england and it was fine like for me i just felt i want to sit here in my room and watch seinfeld all day it's just uh yeah i I was happy because i just got to be my lazy self and then when we got into the third lockdown now after i came back for christmas and i came back here i realized uh I, yeah, I really found relate myself to you. <laughs> so tired and so done with all this shit. Like, I'm so tired of lockdowns and all this. And I started really feeling uh, an emotional toll on myself. Something that I, it's something that I never dealt with in my life. I've always been like quite happy, and suddenly I felt like, oh shit, if I if I don't. Uh, get a hold of myself and i if i don't get out of bed uh in in the next five minutes i might end up being here for a week uh yeah but now things are slowly getting better it's getting warmer yeah. i in feel England. like uh and this is something that i, I wanted to like, ask you uh, um things are for me personally better. i think this uh and when i say second lockdown i'm talking about like the big lockdown because for me what happened in uh, october or november was not really like a lockdown i guess because you know it, it was shit um but i feel like this one put me in a much more yeah, yeah, uh like introspective state of mind and what i wanted to ask you is that for example now that i'm back home um i really enjoy being here and one of the things that i've been thinking a lot lately is you know if i could i would not go back to england Uh, now that I managed to, you know, detach myself from uh, the British reality or whatever you want to call it, is like, you know, r other than getting my education, which at the moment we are getting it online, so there's not really a point of coming back just for that, you know, there is nothing really that I feel attached to, and I'm not talking about like England in general, but like in Cambridge, you know what I mean? It's like, the food is shit, and I, maybe you felt this much more like, in your house because i believe that the canary islands are much nicer than you know this small uh village where i live in portugal so it's like you know the weather is shit the uh cuisine is are, shit you are. know uh <laughs> i don't know uh and plus since i've been working a lot also in my like on my creative and artistic side it's like <sighs> i don't really want to go back to having to work like 30 or more hours per week uh in like retail and customer service you know what i mean It's like, I'm tired of having to be, like, in solitude and isolated from the world, but also yes. uh, I don't want to straight up jump um, to, like, customer service and having to deal with people. So it's like, I don't know how you feel about it or how you felt when you were in um, the Canary Islands in La Gomera. Well, honestly... Uh, I was I went back in in December for for a month and I felt like even though I had a lot of fun back at home and I really love being there I felt like the place where I belong right now is here 
and I I have been thinking what am I going to do after I finish my studies but right now I feel like I have the people that I want to spend time with are here everything that I want to do I can do here and I just feel comfortable I have this kind of life structure that uh, isn't very entertaining it isn't like the the crazy city life that I was expecting when I left my tiny village and my island but I I am getting what I need like I just I hang out with people that I like I make music I I'm making the podcast like I, I'm meeting new people all the time like even though we're in lockdown I'm I'm following lockdown yeah <laughs> I'm definitely following all the rules I'm not inviting people over to my house I'm not getting into bigger gatherings that uh, <laughs> than uh, well legally allowed well you're not allowed to leave, to meet anyone and that's like total bullshit I know some people here that are living alone and like you cannot just spend an entire month without seeing one person and just calling people it's just not humane condition as humans we need to yeah of course contact and that really affects like the mental health of like, people and it is and, know, and then that person, might yeah, escalate not... to your physical health as well and that's something that i really experienced during the first lockdown it got to a point uh and i think i told you this like uh through message but it's like i got to a point where once uh i was going you know to bed um and i just felt like a really dense and heavy pain on my chest and i was like well fucking hell like am i having a heart attack like let me just finish my bachelor degree first so i can have something nice to put on my wikipedia page you know what i mean so i went to the hospital to Addenbrooke's, uh really like uh, and and that night i just called sara and i was like hey do you want to come to the hospital with me because there's nothing really funny to do because we are in lockdown and she was like yeah sure let's go <laughs> And I got there and I spent like two hours there or something and it was basically, you know, an anxiety crisis <laughs> and I was like, well, okay, I've never really had these and it's so weird and in this second lockdown I definitely felt something similar as well, um, especially yeah. like with anxiety, I think there's this, I don't know, anxiety sometimes is like, I'm going to create symptoms that are so fucking similar to COVID, you know, uh, for example, the other day I woke up and uh, I had like a dry cough but I still had, like, you know, smell and sense of taste and whatever. But I was like, is this fucking COVID, you know? So I, I don't know, it's just, it's crazy. It's really crazy. And it's something yeah. that is, like, sometimes we just want... Um, for example, now that I'm here in Portugal, I really feel like it's such a blessing to have, you know, a little bit of peace and silence because it's such a small village. And, you know, you can go on the streets without actually seeing a lot of people, which is something that you can't do in Cambridge. But at the same time, it's like when it's taken to an extreme, it's just like, it's not good. Like, um, yeah, I feel like, uh, talking with, with people, anxiety and, and depression have been so on the rise in the last few months. And it just, it all ties in to the same thing. 
Like everybody's struggling with the same things because we are locked here inside and we're not able to to live our lives to the fullest extent. And uh, it's just like I hear your story of the of the anxiety attack, and I have sometimes when I'm when I'm the, in the middle of lectures, normally in the film lectures, and I'm just muted there, and I just feel like my chest is crumbling in itself and I just need to to breathe super hard and just like get it out of my system I have this like emptiness and I'm just feeling yeah, so so bad but I don't feel any any specific pain and that's a uh, that's something that I was <laughs> like from the first moment that I realized I was going through that I was like hell no I need to pull myself together and just get out of the house. And that's something that's really important, like meeting people, like one person at a time, just go on a walk somewhere. Um, even by yourself, listen to the watch show, the podcast, and just go on a walk right now. If you're listening right now, take your phone, put on the headphones, and just go outside for a walk. That's what you need to do. If you get run over yeah, by a well, car you know, because sometimes you're just dying laughing from this conversation, that's not my fault. But yeah, I, I truly understand what you mean. And I think especially as um, exactly. students, yeah. uh, there's like another like layer, which is like everything turned into such like an absurdist uh, reality, you know? It's like... You have teachers talking about how it, how it is important for you to know the theory of like, I don't know, like Laura Mulvey or whatever. Um, but then at the same time, it's like, you know, uh, there's people that are dying, you know, like, uh, I don't know what the fuck is going to happen with my family or my friends. And I really felt it um, by the end of the first trimester of this academic year where I was just like, I completely gave up. Um, I was working on an assignment for like eight or nine weeks, you know, and it was a really good piece. Um, and I just completely gave up on it by the time it was like to submit it, you know, and I was just like, well, shit, like it doesn't make sense anymore. I know we have to work for our future and whatever, but it's like, I think what we are living is such like a social cultural reset that a lot of things that we are learning or doing or whatever, like they don't make sense anymore, you know, like life is just like so fragile and whatever it's like okay i mean i guess um but yeah i don't know it's fucked up <laughs> yeah and also we, we've become super sensitive to everything that we're going through like we we're so paranoid of getting the the virus that uh, like even the slightest cough we're already thinking oh shit i need to get better uh, you got a bit of a bone ache. Oh, I read somewhere online that that leads to corona so easily. Like from from a tiny uh, wrist pain, you're going to be fucked in like five <laughs> minutes. And that shit is uh, it's making us too too scared to to live life. And I think that uh, like even though we got businesses closing we got all this shit going down 
I don't know what shit is going down because <laughs> I'm an ignorant, but <laughs> but I I think like you do what you can do because like you still have all this world in your computer you can access all this stuff you just go ahead and do it and at some point you're going to be you're going to be fine and i think a lot of <laughs> i i'm just uh like kind of tired of all this uh like blocks that we that we get put on and as like i'm 19 now and i i've been well i I turned I basically just turned 18 when this whole thing started. So all of my adult life, all of, all that I known is lockdown and uh, like shit going down. And much more <laughs> and, like, uh, like uncertainty. I'm trying yeah. to do stuff. Yeah. yeah. It's not easy like for me it like my 19s were like uh really really hard uh and i think i don't know it's kind of like this turning to like a young adult when you know a few weeks ago you had to ask permission um from your teacher to go to the bathroom and like peace or like take a shit or something it's just like it's not hard like turning from like an old teenager to a young adult and for example i think in your case that you turned 18 um and now you're 19 and all you've known so far is not just like uncertainty like within yourself but like with everything that is around you it's just shit (laughs) and i also feel like and thank god thank god that uh people don't id as much people uh, like i didn't get that much uh, id uh when i went to parties so i actually got the chance to go to a lot of parties from like 16 till 18 but uh like i i always thought after i turn 18 it's gonna be mayhem i'm just gonna go out every night party all the time (laughs) and it's literally after I turned 18, I stopped yeah. partying. And I no longer even enjoy the parties that much because it's just like, yeah, this uncertainty of like, what is going to happen? Uh, is this person that I don't know at all, is is that person uh, contagious of, of something? Like, I'm just afraid of everything. And I think we yeah. spend a lot of it. I don't, I don't know if it's like we, but for example, personally, I feel like... Uh, I've been feeling exhausted lately, lately because I spend a lot of energy putting everything in check, if that makes sense. It's like I've turned really like skeptical about really like sm- the smallest things. For example, I smoke, so I have like a smoker's cough. But every time I have like the smoker's cough, I'm like, is this the beginning of coronavirus? You know what I mean? Is this like the beginning of the end for me? Um, but yeah, it's just like shit. I don't know. Um, but on the on the other hand, I think a lot of really nice things happened as well. Um, and I don't want, obviously, to like romanticize this situation that we are living. And I know that it's really hard and much harder for, you know, a lot of people than it is for me. Um, but I don't know, I took a lot of this time to purge a lot of, um, I don't know, like events, uh, people and situations that passively would like drain my energy. 
Um, mm. And I think sometimes it's good to have like a break. And I'm not saying like a three or four month break uh, while there's like a national lockdown. But sometimes it's good to, you know, step back and like reevaluate everything that is happening. Because although the first lockdown was really hard for me, it really helped me recontextualize the reality that I was living. Like, you know, for a really long time, mm. I wanted to have like um, a higher education and going to university. And I'm not saying that my first year was bad, you know what I mean? But I feel like I kind of got lost in the moment and I didn't enjoy things as much as I could possibly enjoy. Um, and, you know, now, now that we are moving like forward to the third year, which is like really important or whatever, it's like you have even less time to kind of have like an academic experience, which is not just uh, studying and doing essays and whatever. So I think it was really good on that aspect as well, because uh, it kind of gave me like a panoramic view of everything that is happening. And although the majority of stuff that came out from that is like is good and it's really like constructive for me. Um, there are also some downsides because you just realize that some things, you know, like don't make sense. Like some people, you know, it's just like, uh, how can I say? Like it's convenient to um, be nice to them or like it's, you know, politically correct yeah. to be nice to them because there is no reason for you to be a cunt. But at the same time, it's like because I'm nice to you, it doesn't mean that I'm necessarily like your friend, you know what I mean? And there's like a huge gap between being nice to someone and being a friend. Um, yeah, of course. And I think it was really important for me. That's actually... Well, yeah, no, 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 that's it, point. basically. that It was good to like recontextualize <laughs> things and like understand where exactly I am in the moment. Yeah, I... Yeah, looking at it... On the on the bright side for me, I had uh, like some really important milestones during this time. Like uh, while all this was going on, I started my uh, quotations for everybody that's that's listening. My music career, like I had, uh, I had like two uh, like live performances, singing, and it was. Uh, very important two very important moments for me personally to just go out there and and sing in front of people even though it was a small venue uh, because of the conditions uh, it still felt like okay now after I, I performed and I sang in front of all these people and I felt super comfortable now I can I can really like prepare myself work on myself my craft and and i know i can do this especially because i i feel like and it's something also... that you've been manifesting for a long time because i remember like these conversation that we had on the first year um and we were talking about your passion for music and like some projects that you'd like to start um and you know yeah. like immerse yourself in them and it's interesting that like during a pandemic it's when you actually managed to um physically like experience that and i think it was like for example when he said like in quotations musical career i don't think it's like in quotations because you actually you know you've done something uh either if it's like for 10 people or for like a thousand people it's like you are you know one step further uh from fulfilling and like your ambitions yeah. and like goals and go uh, for your dreams, then, for example, I am, you know, because um, 
I remember when I was 19 and I was like crazy back then. <laughs> uh, I wrote, <laughs> I wrote like some stuff um, and we can talk about it later, but like, yeah, I wrote some stuff and I, for a really long time, I really wanted to experience what it's like to just, I don't know, like release a song, even if it's for like, you know, the the jokes of it or whatever. But like when you actually have a physical like manifestation of something that you've been wanting and working hard for so long, it's just like, it just leaves you feeling like valid and valued as well. Uh, and I think it's really, I don't know, like really important. Yeah. And it can be like the, how can I say, the um, starting point, like the official starting point for a lot of people, you know, entering into something big. Yeah, I, I felt like the reason why I got to do all this stuff was uh, the time. It was endless time and I still... Even though I I started the podcast, I I started making music, performing. Uh, it was uh, such a long time period that I just felt like I was doing nothing, while I was still doing some things. Uh, and yeah, I just feel like uh, this uh, this opportunity doesn't come along uh much i hope so at least uh where we have like this prolonged period of time where we just uh have to do something with it like most of the time we have nothing to do so while i have nothing to do i'm going to do something i'm going to write a song about how i'm tired of just sitting in my bed all the time uh yeah like this uh the last song i re- i released uh Tarari, it was uh just this feeling of being um uh, seeing this this attitude that most uh people in in this like capitalist society how everybody wants more and more and they're more hungry for for getting they want more cars they want one more house they want more money and I feel like people focus too much on wanting and striving for more when they, like, you should get what you need. You should, like, fill your hunger. When you're satisfied, just sit back and sit back and relax. That's, uh, that's kind of the feeling that I got when I wrote the, the song. And, uh, yeah, like, it's, it's been received, like, well... I think people like it and I I didn't try to do something preachy and uh, like uh, nothing really serious because that's not who I am like everything I do even though it has a message behind it it is funny in its uh, core because I just uh, I cannot do that yeah and I think know? I think one of and it's so, nice that we were talking about this because like this is something that I really wanted to talk about it's like what I really like about Tarare is that it has such a casual vibe you know what I mean because uh what I feel and I have this like uh personal I don't know feeling or whatever that you know when I think when people t- try really hard to do something that you can you know, literally see that it's not themselves. It's just it, it just turns out to be like so cringy. You know what I mean? And I remember having a conversation with uh, one friend the other day, and I was telling her like, I always feel like uh, it's 
so cringy when you see people singing, but they have such like a delusional image of themselves, you know what I mean? Um, and for example, one thing that I really like about yeah. uh, the song that he released is, first of all, I think it's really like your vibe because, you know, I wouldn't be expecting you to uh, make a song about, um, uh, I don't know, like getting money, you know, fucking bitches and, you know, smoking weed. Although smoking weed could be like uh, yeah. <laughs> a theme, you know what I mean? But uh, Or like robbing a bank or yeah. whatever, having like Lamborghinis. Uh, we, and I think it's really nice because it's such like an authentic uh, form for you to like express yourself. Whilst you have a lot of like SoundCloud rappers that it's like, first of all, one thing that I hate is when, you know, a person that has like two followers starts a rap song saying, you know who it is. And it's like, I actually don't, you know what I mean? Uh, <laughs> and I don't know. And then they yeah. started talking about like Gucci bags and like Lamborghinis. And it's like, um, you have to ask your mom to drive you on her car. For you to go to the supermarket and buy some milk, you know what I mean? Like, don't tell me you have, like, Gucci bags and whatever. And this is what I really enjoyed about your song. And I, yeah, that's what I wanted to also ask you, like, what was the... And maybe this is coming to, like, a really, like, a genius behind the lyrics, whatever. But it's like, what was the thought process, like, yeah. about that? And, for example, like, Terrare, I don't know. First, I was like, is this, like, a Spanish expression or something? Because it kind of looks like... <laughs> no. Well, uh, Tarare is um, kind of a French folklore figure, but he actually, I think he actually existed at some point. I am, I'm not sure anymore what year. I say he lived in 1862 or, or 1682, but I just did it. I just said it for the rhyme, uh, even though it's not such a great rhyme, but I, I still like the... The thought process of it was, um, I saw I saw a video about him, and I I thought it was just so fucking disgusting <laughs> how a person can just like eat more and more, and his his mouth was uh, dismembered, and like I just felt like this was something a story that I just needed to needed to share with more people like i even told my grandma she was uh, like i i've always dealt with uh like weight and eating things like my mom was always kind of trying to to make me go on diets and shit and i was i just grew up with this like very like, i was always very conscious of of my weight, of my my uh, like body, like your physique, uh, yeah, yeah, my physique. But I I ended up just not caring at all, and I, like at some point I was even like I would eat in spite of my mom because I just uh, like I wanted to get a reaction in a way, and uh, yeah, well now now. I, I'm like more far away from it, but I'm very gluttonous, so I can, I can kind, I can kind of understand that feeling of like having this hunger inside of you. So that, that just pulled me into the premise, and uh, well, the process of it, the creative process of, uh, of making the song, I've uh, been uh, hanging out quite a lot with uh, with Charlie chaza in the song and uh 
and uh, well Michael and Nacho if you hear this shout out to you <laughs> and uh, yeah for for quite a, a long time there we were just like meeting up just like vibing smoking weed hanging out and and recording music and um, and one of the days that we were jamming I just started rapping about Terrari and suddenly, well, we recorded one rough cut. It was, uh, which we enjoyed because we, we liked the beat. We, we just like vibed and it was, uh, it was very random when we first uh, did it. Uh, it was just like Charlie rapping about him getting arrested. And then suddenly I came in, I come in and I start rapping about Torari pulling up in Aurari. And uh, it was just uh, so funny. And we couldn't, we couldn't, uh, like, I couldn't get it out of my head. I was just, I liked it so much. But it felt like I needed to work on it. Because I do have, I did have that idea in my, in my mind for what the moral of the song is. Because it does have a message in it. So I, I rewrote the lyrics. Well, I, I wrote the lyrics. I didn't write them at the beginning. I wrote lyrics and I just fucking performed it. Uh, we did it here in my room. And, and yeah, I didn't really want to think about it that, that much before I release it. I just wanted to get it out there, release it. If people like it, they like it. But I like uh, having it out there, having something yeah. to show. And I think it's really time. interesting. And I, uh, what I really, one thing that really intrigued me about this song is that there are a lot of layers that I think work really well together. First of all, the beat. I think the beat is really nice. Uh, it kind of has like these, I don't know, like more like casual, like 808 vibes. And it's like, uh, well, I really like this because it's not like someone trying to be like a trap, you know, uh, mumble rapper or whatever. Um then I think uh, you have such like an aggressive voice when you're singing, but then it contrasts really well with the with the message that you're like passing, you know, because I'm like, you know, by the voice of it, if I didn't know how to speak English, I thought this person was, you know, telling me about how we manslaughtered someone uh, in like downtown Detroit <laughs> or something. But then it's just like uh, Terrare pulling up in a Ferrari and I'm like, I guess, you know. And then also one thing that I really liked, and maybe this is gonna come across as like simping or whatever, but this guy that recorded with you, I think he has such a nice voice, and I'm like, this just yeah, yeah I don't, Charlie. I don't, I don't think I know who he is, but it's like, I think everything conjugated so well together. I'm like, well, this is a really nice piece of you know music that is here, and it's so casual, and it's like, I can just. You know, being Jesus Green during spring, like catching some sun with friends, or I can go like to the beach and just be there for myself. And it's something that I think it would come up like really casually, and I would be just like vibing to it, you know. Yeah, that's that's the that's the thing that we tried to make. We were just hanging out, enjoying our time, and uh, yeah, just uh, it's a it's a pastime. In the end, it's just like, okay, what are we going to do? We're we're here hanging out like every fucking night. We're just sitting here. Most of the night, we're just like watching something. But we just uh, we just wanted to jam. 
and it was very natural uh, just me being me him being him and uh yeah just uh yeah. and i think that's best is like in the music yeah, the which i think it's thing. what makes it um like successful in in the way that it's like you can feel the same energy as you're listening to the music as i believe that you and charlie felt when you were recording it and even like in the pre like production stage you know like i don't know i think it it's really mm. noticeable how the my cats are just going crazy sorry about it uh how the vibes like uh work uh with you guys i think it's a really really nice actually um and i really wanted to tell you something because uh earlier when i was telling about like i really wanted to try something musical as well it's like how do you feel like uh you know the your influences like influenced you in like pursuing these i don't know like project and feeling comfortable in it you know what i mean like yeah i i felt like uh um my my biggest influences for this song clearly for the voice i i drew from uh, from dmx from like x gone give okay, it to okay. you and that shit because <laughs> uh, i i just like i really like it uh personally it's not really my my style but uh like i felt like that was the right fit for it and also like um okay you might see it but uh like uh the the people listening won't really uh, see the expression that i had like while i was doing the song when i'm when i'm uh, in the mindset of of doing tarare i just i changed my voice And I, I cannot close my eyes. I'm like, Toroi, sitting is us in a fucking roar. You know, I just like get in there. And uh, yeah, I'm kind of in the zone. And, but yeah, talking about the influences for that, uh, just like kind of uh, everywhere. I, I feel like the, the biggest influences for this song have to be either either Biggie or Snoop Dogg because they are my favorite rappers in general and, and Kanye but uh, I just the influences that I got from them is just to be myself when I when I make music I, I rap about what I know I sing about what I know I I will never write a song about something that I have no clue about, even though that could be a good idea. I just like rap, <laughs> I sing about like something that I clearly don't have a clue of what I'm talking about. And <laughs> I'm gonna start writing that. Okay. <laughs> uh, yeah. Let me see. I don't know, just give me the motto and I'll make a verse as well. And maybe I can start my musical career as well with you. <laughs> Yeah, for sure. Yeah, but I think like Yeah, uh, do you want to take uh, a f like a five minute break or so? If you want to, like it's and, uh, it's fine continue. for me. Yeah. Do you want to uh go to the toilet or something? I just Okay, it's yeah. fine. Uh so I'm not okay. going to turn off my microphone so it's easier for you then to synchronize everything. Um 
Okay. But if it's okay for you, I'm just going to smoke and I'll be here maybe at like uh, 40 past four. Is it okay for you? 10 minutes. Okay, I'll yeah, be right sure. back. Yeah, so then we can carry on with this uh, just so I don't forget. Uh, next, I wanted to talk about like the, for example, for me, how like influences are really important in doing like whatever we want to do. But yeah, I'm just going to leave this here and I'll be right back. Okay. <laughs> okay. I'll yeah. see you soon. Uh, and we're back also. Uh, I have to make a disclaimer now that I just realized where while I was smoking, which is earlier in this episode, I said that I don't see you making music about fucking bitches and I'm not saying that you are an incel. I'm just saying that I don't see you <laughs> as like an Italian fuckboy such as, you know, certain and determined people that we know. That's what I wanted to say. Uh... <laughs> Uh, but yeah, we were talking about like the influences in music, um, and one thing that I've been like really uh, thinking about lately is about the importance that the you know people that uh, inspire me and like you know influence me. Um, I lost my thought about what I was gonna say, uh, but yeah, what I wanted to say is like for example, um, I remember that when I was like young maybe until like sixth grade or something uh i had a really nice voice to sing um and that led me to um so i studied in a private catholic school uh which it's not common in portugal i don't know like how it's the reality in spain or like in england um and basically we had like an anthem, we had a flag and all that. And I remember that like on the anniversary of school, I was the person representing uh, sixth grade uh, to sing the school uh, anthem. And there was like a microphone malfunction. Uh, and it's such an embarrassing memory for me to have, although I have like absolutely no fault about it. Um, but yeah, that kind of led me to abandon completely like the musical like reality and whatever. Um, but, uh, and relating to what we were talking about rap, um, I feel like probably in a very similar, but at the same time, really different way. I think for both of us, rap was like really present, uh, in our lives. And, uh, for example, for me, uh, you know, for for example, you were talking about, like, Biggie and, like, Snoop Dogg, and for me, it was always, like, hard to relate to these kind of rappers, because it's, like, I don't know, I don't think we have a lot in common, I guess. Um, maybe we have, and I just I don't, don't know, know, you know? I just, I just like the the vibe. To be honest, my, my biggest uh, influence in rap... Even though I really like Snoop Dogg and Biggie, that's not the like, that's not relevant to the point. I what I was saying that they, well, more with Kanye. Uh, my my experience was that, a kind of, that kind of inflated ego and that self confidence. That's the influence that I got off of them, and I'm not saying that. Well, yeah, I do have an inflated ego. But the thing is, I'm aware of it and I try to make the most of it. You know, if I have that much confidence in myself, then I should try and do something with it and not just be, uh, not just talk the talk. I just, I gotta do what I gotta do. And uh, 
for me, I just uh, I just relate and I just really like the music that the that they make and I feel like uh, even though I haven't lived a similar life at all to any of them I feel like uh, in some way I I understand even though I don't yeah, yeah. and uh, yeah it just uh, yeah I, I never really saw myself rapping I just enjoy the music and uh, to be honest like if uh, anybody asks ask me if I if I rap, I would say no. <laughs> but uh, like for one song, I said fuck it, I want to rap, and I rapped, you know, because it, it's uh, that's fucking art, you know. You do whatever you feel like it, and if it if it's good, if you enjoy it, then it's it's there. I. I I normally sing. I cannot stop singing. I I love all these uh, like classic uh, soul and uh, blues and all that. So in that from that point on, I feel like Kanye's music, for example, uses tons of uh, of like they sample music from uh, from different songs that I already listened to and they they flip it and give it this new life and that's what that's something that I really love about rap yeah for example and uh, this uh, this idea of like the generic rapper I I don't I don't necessarily I don't agree with it I I I do acknowledge that it is something that exists but I think the what what every person that does music should try to do is uh, try to do their own thing. And even though you draw from other artists and your influences, you try to learn from them and do your own thing. That's what art is all about. Yeah. And the thing that you got yeah. from like uh, this inflated ego and like that... Um... I don't know, like, vibe that you have in parallel with them, I kind of got that as well, but for example, the, the, I don't know, like, side of rap that it was always present in my life was, um, this rap that was made, like, from, you know, freak artists to, like, freak people, you know, for example, um, like, ever since, like, I was really young, I remembered that, um, I really enjoyed, for example, listening to Aisha Erotica or like Brooke Candy, uh, which, you know, they rap, but they have such like a freakish vibe to them. And I was like, well, I do relate to this. Um, and I remember that the first uh, artist that I listened that I was like, well, I, I actually love everything about this and I relate to the vibe and I relate to everything was um, when I discovered M.I.A., um, and I was like really, really young. I think M.I.A. was just, uh, has just like released the, uh, her second album. Um, and I got a lot of inspiration uh, on her because uh, she has such like a casual way of rapping. But then, for example, in terms of instrumental, it's really like industrialized and like heavy type of instrumental. And I was like, well, I, I actually like this. 
And I remember that then when I got to my um, seventh, eighth, and ninth grade, I was like really obsessed with like South Korea. So I don't judge uh, K-popers because I've been there. Um, but yeah, I, I there was this artist that I judge. <laughs> I thought because like well I've been there you know I have no moral superiority, no. Um, and yeah I discovered yeah. this artist which is like G Dra- G Dragon it's like a male rapper, and yeah that's I think one of the artists that although I don't listen to him anymore, uh, it had like a major uh, weight in like the influences that I draw you know to whatever I'm doing because the instrumental that he used was was really like i don't know bizarre house uh instrumental and then like his voice is not like the traditional i don't know like aggressive or like a grave voice and it's like well someone that has a voice mm-hmm. just like me you know can also rap about whatever they want to uh so yeah it's something that i've been growing like much more confident and it's something that i really want to pick on again um but yeah, let's see like where this whole thing leads to because that's something that I've been thinking a lot about, especially since you released your song and I was listening to it to it. I was like, uh, you know, I can do whatever I want as well. You know what I mean? It's not just like for people that know how to sing properly, or you know, rap is not just for people that have like really yeah, like no. deep voices or whatever. Um, but. It's it's something accessible because you can you can find a nice beat online and you and you really like feel the flow in you and you just fucking you drop the bars and and that's it like I'm I'm here talking from experience as if I'm this fucking uh, like I don't know I don't have any experience I'm nobody but still I feel like you can just do it. If you get a like a microphone and you start recording and you just like go ahead, that's a that's a beautiful thing about rap and uh, the the fact that uh, like now it's it's become this uh, kind of the popular genre of music because like if you look at pop nowadays, I I don't listen to pop. I, I don't. I barely know any people that listen to actual like, just pop, top yeah. one hundred songs, you know. <laughs> and uh, it's just it's funny that uh, just everybody is kind of shifted to this uh, to this genre because it's just a mix of everything. Yeah. You can have some of this, some of that. You can have uh, just. Uh, for example, one of the one of the artists that uh, that inspired me to start recording more uh, was um, well, my sister showed me her. Uh, she's uh, Princess Nokia, yeah, it's... and she's super cool. I was like, well, I want to be like her. I want to do it. <laughs> like, yeah, like of course she she probably worked way more at it, and she's way better than me. But uh, like I. I want to strive to to be like her, just like it looks like they're all having so much fun. Yeah. So why not like take part in this trend? Like it's going on right now. Let's like hop on it and just enjoy it. Yeah, and I think it's just the right yeah. time to uh, 
get into uh, this big wave that is happening, especially, you know, we saw this shift from like, you know, rock for a long time was like the popular music and then it shifted to like pop and now we are seeing like rap, but not just like regular rap, we are seeing like rap being mixed with such like so many things, you know what I mean? You have, for example, like a rap mixed with pop, which is something that like originally like if I thought about it, I don't know, like 10 years ago, it would be something that is like, well, I don't know how these two styles like complement each other, you know what I mean? And then you have people, for example, like Lil Nas X, which I know that it's not like the biggest rapper ever, you know what I mean? But it's like, it's someone that made it work uh, when everything was against him. He's like, he's uh, an openly uh, queer artist. Uh, he's a rapper and also he's really into pop, you know? Um, and that is something yeah. that I really enjoy and that I was like, well, maybe it's my time to, well, not shine because I'm not predicting that I'm going to be famous or whatever, or impact people. It's not about fame. It's about impacting people. Um, yeah. but you know, I also have like an opportunity here. Like you have really, um, bizarre in quotations, people trying rap as well. You have, um, yeah, you talked about like Princess Nokia. You have, for example, like, uh zebra fucking cats as well uh and it's such like these people have such like a different vibe uh and although they still manage to be kind of like underground it's like they are doing their own thing and you know they are enjoying the process of it yeah it's funny how like you can be underground and still have millions of uh followers like the the internet is such a broad uh thing you know it's such so much content that even if you got like uh, 500,000 views in a in a song it's still nothing like it's it's nothing because uh, in the sense of like fame but for the artist it's uh, himself like if i got fucking a thousand hits on my on my song I, i'd be over the moon like it's just the feeling of having people listen to it and enjoy it and share it that's that's all i want i don't really care about the money i don't care about the fame i i just want to to make music because it's fun and if people want to listen to it go ahead yeah it's fine yeah, and that's what I was, one thing that I was uh, thinking the other day is like for me as an artist, and I'm talking about like um, uh, multidisciplinary like levels or whatever, it's like I'm not seeking for fame. Uh, I do things like for myself because I believe that all art expression is, I don't know, like a projection of yourself. Um, but it's just like yeah. it would be nice. Well, first of all, it's nice to do things like you did uh, Terrare, but also it's nice to have this kind of validation that the work that you, you know, had that just impacted someone. Um, but yeah. yeah, now I just remember there's like two questions that I wanted to ask you as well. It's like, first of all, is Terrare on Spotify or no? It isn't on Spotify yet. It's only on YouTube. You can actually find the... Uh the the youtube link on the on my instagram bio at the dishwasher underscore d go ahead and check it out and uh yeah i 
Do you have any other questions? Yeah, the other question that I wanted to ask is, are you planning to do any, as a film student as well, are you planning to do any type of uh, music video? Yeah, well, we have that on the works because, of course, uh, like everybody that took part in the recording of the, of the song itself, we're all filmmakers or actors. In my case, I'm both. So... I see no no reason why we shouldn't make a badass video for it and and rent a Rari to pull up in it <laughs> or something I don't know but yeah I I just wanted to say like I this brought me on like you were talking about the how in in uh, sixth grade you had to like sing and shit like. I think about my experience in in high school in uh in fucking secondary school even I didn't have a clue what I wanted to do. I just knew I like attention and that's it. That's <laughs> it. Like if if uh, if I got to sing to to get that attention then I will sing. If I have to like make a joke then I will make a joke. And most of the time, I felt like I was not hitting the spot at all. I was like, I, I don't think I was that funny. Uh, because, I, well, maybe they didn't get my, my style or something. But I, I just felt like I'm, I'm not really hitting the mark as I should be. Like, when people laugh at something that I say, I feel this, like... I feel fulfilled. Yeah, accomplished, yeah. Yeah, and um, kind of when I when I moved here, suddenly more people started laughing at the things that I say, uh, and that's one of the reasons why I think I I I like living here in England because I I get the sense of humor of this country more than I get the Spanish sense of humor, and. Uh, if I got any Spanish friends uh, listening, it's not. I'm not talking all of you. <laughs> no estoy hablando aquí sobre todos vosotros. Eh, mucho que conozco en Canarias soy graciosísimo y sí que os reís de mis chistes. Está muy bien. But coming back to my English. And uh, un besito to. No, <laughs> fuck, I haven't spoke Spanish for like a real long time. Uh, Un besito España, uh, nuestro uh, vizinho, um, te amo. We had a glitch in the system, <laughs> suddenly we changed language. Yeah, but uh, what I'm saying, like, not all of them, not all of them were, like, uh, found my sense of humor, like, out of place. But, uh, like, most of the people that I tried to, like, be funny to didn't really get my jokes. And I just felt like, what am I doing here? If, uh, like, the only thing I like to do is make people laugh or sing. <laughs> and I cannot do, like, one of them. I never really got the, the confidence to sing when I was there. It was kind of a uh, thing that I started doing after I... I decided to move and uh, this like being out here being by myself let me develop my develop uh, like my idea of what I want to be and who I am yeah and yeah 
singing is I found that is very important to me because I just uh, like even if it's not my song like I have so many songs that I I go on that list and I just put it on and I sing uh, like my lungs are I just like blast out and uh, like even freestyling just uh, like just hitting one note it feels it just feels yeah. good I don't know maybe yeah. uh, I don't know how it is in Spain but I feel like in England there's much more room for you to explore yourself creatively as like a multifaceted person it's like for example as you were saying it's like you are not just uh you know an actor or like a filmmaker you know you are both also you sing you know like um you are yeah. also really into comedy as well and i think there's like much more uh openness um i'm not gonna talk about like england but like in cambridge in general because it's such like i don't know a lot of people with the most diverse uh you know backgrounds and experiences and whatever Uh, and also one thing that I think is really important is, um, you know, you being confident in yourself. Because, uh, for example, I felt it uh, in this small village where I live in. It's really um, kind of weird when you put yourself like in the public's eye, when you are really comfortable with who you are, uh, where, you know, traditionally you shouldn't be, you know. Uh, and I don't know, like, I don't want to be like fat phobic or whatever, but probably like in Spain, uh, in your small village where you lived, it's like, you shouldn't be comfortable, you know, with your body because everyone is telling you that you should be more fit or whatever. And for example, in my case, in my small village, it would be like, uh, I shouldn't be comfortable with, uh, you know, not being, uh, heterosexual or like, uh, I don't know, like cisgender male or whatever. And I remember that I did like a, uh, one night of stand up. Um, and I had like a one man show. It was, uh, I think like 60 minutes or something. Uh, and I remember that, uh, honestly, I don't think my jokes were bad. I think they were really nice. Uh, probably the timing wasn't perfect because it was the first time that I was trying it, but I felt like a lot of the things just yeah. people didn't engage with what I was presenting because they didn't feel like didn't feel like I don't know like comfortable or whatever with me being a presence that it's comfortable being there when I shouldn't be I don't know if that makes sense like um yeah yeah I think it, it does it, it does make sense because uh, like you come out as like a confident person comfortable just try to be yourself and uh, like in uh, in like closed environments like like small villages there is this uh this feeling when everybody knows you that if you're caught laughing at something that isn't the norm you're going to be like kind of uh scrutinized uh but still like i don't i didn't really uh put myself out there in that uh, kind of situation when I was when I was living back at home, and uh, it was more like in, in the class setting, for example, like one of my one of my best friends back at home, he was like every time that he basically opened his mouth, everybody laughed. And it was like 
I just felt like, dude, you got it. Uh, and like, he was super funny to me as well. And I just wanted to be like, oh, yeah, that feeling when I, I sometimes hit that, but I didn't like do it uh, as much like that feeling of everybody like enjoying what you have to say is uh, is something that I that I've been looking for for all my life. And now. Now I just uh, don't really care anymore about it i don't care about the the feeling of uh acceptance of everybody else i know i accept myself i know that things that i say are funny to me like i most of the times when i'm talking to people i say something and then i straight up like i just laugh at what i say and then i realize that i'm like Wait, I'm the only one laughing at my own jokes. <laughs> but that's what but matters, you know what I mean? Like, if I, can't ma- if I can make myself laugh, it's just a proof that I'm fucking hilarious, you know what I mean? And that happens, like, quite often. Um, but yeah, yeah, that's just some character development done right. Um, <laughs> but yeah. yeah. I don't know. We were still having to talk, and this is a really bad segue, but uh, one of the things that we talked about is, like, the feeling of, like, isolation and loneliness in... Uh, Lockdown, Lockdown? and do you feel like I don't know maybe correlating with this theme Uh, is like do you feel like the uh, creations that you made was kind of like a projection of like the I don't know like loneliness that you're feeling yeah definitely I feel like uh, this uh, this last uh, year uh, that I that I had I just felt like uh, the the only way to to get my feelings out there is either writing it down in like in a poem or something or in a song. And uh yeah, just uh yeah, just getting that that thought out of your head when you don't have anyone to talk about to talk to is uh the best way to get it out of my head. Normally, it's writing. What about you? Um, The same, actually. Uh, And I remember, for example, you... Now my timeline is kind of messed up, and I think it's normal. But I remember you did some Mm. experiments with poetry as well. I think it was early on the first lockdown. Um, Or was it before? I don't remember. I know it was more or less on that time. Um, Mm. But yeah, I think it's the same thing as well. And uh, that's what really... Um, was fucking me up in the first lockdown was this feeling of uh, loneliness that was so strange to me Um, and I think during the first lockdown I hit uh, probably the uh, lowest point in my life where like since forever because I was just feeling like really really lonely uh, and then things weren't working out great uh, because as soon as we got back to like normal life uh, in quotations um, yeah there was like these news that the place where I work was going to close uh, in October or whatever Mm. and you know it's not like an ideal time for you to lose your job Uh, I mean it never is but now especially Um, yeah and then I, 
you know, like, uh, I have a crush on uh, a straight guy that worked uh, really near my uh, workplace. Um, and things were going, like, really, really well uh, until one day, like, he was on his day off and he passes through the shop where I work, like, with his girlfriend. And I was like, oh, okay, I see how it is. Uh, and yeah, oh. that just helped a lot for me to feel, like, uh, lonely and just, like, shit overall. Um, but yeah, and this is where um, the plot twist that I was telling you just, like, appeared in my life, which is, like, when I was at the lowest point in my life. And then, you know, I'm, I think you know that I'm kind of, like, spiritual and whatever. I got to a point where it's like, okay, I understood yeah. that I have these, you know, pattern uh, that it's, like, really toxic uh, with the people that I am attracted to. So, universe, maybe it's time mm -hmm. to, like... I, I got it, like, I, I acknowledge that I am in this pattern, but I don't want to be anymore. Uh, and, you know, like, one night, it was, like, a really sad night, like, it has been, like, uh, like, it was, like, in the previous weeks or whatever. I was on Twitter, and there was this hashtag that was trending, which was, like, uh, beautifully bisexual, and I was like, oh, that's nice. Uh, and I saw these really uh, gorgeous individual over there, and... Uh, I just, you know, asked him if he wants to rearrange my guts. Uh, and he said, well, <laughs> <laughs> and he said, well uh, send me your location. I just want to talk. And I was like, well, yeah, I send you m uh, my location if you give me your Instagrams at. Uh, so we exchanged Instagrams and we started talking. And this was like back in August. Um, and, you know, things evolved for us to have a stable and really nice relationship that I was never expecting to have. Um, uh, this year was the plot twist that I wanted to say, and it's not like I'm flexing or whatever, because we were just talking about, um, <laughs> we were just talking about, you know, loneliness and all that. Um, but yeah, I just received a, a thing saying that my battery is low. What the fuck is happening? Is it mine or is it yours? It's not mine. Well, it's not mine either, because it says my battery is, like, fully charged. Um, yeah, I'm charging, yeah. But, yeah, well, good for you, man. Um, <laughs> I'm happy for you. Yeah, it's really nice, and it's, like, the complete... It's so weird, because, like, it's the complete opposite of what I always... Um, I don't know, wanted and manifested. Um... I don't know, like, I kind of, like, I had this type for a really long time, you know, like, really, I don't know, like, tall guys, preferably ginger with really, like, light eyes, and, you know, this person is, uh, first of all, he's a black guy, he comes from the Comorian Islands, which I had no idea where that is, uh, but it's, like, on the north east of um, Mozambique, and near Madagascar, like, a really small... Um, oh, yeah place um he comes from like a muslim background like completely the opposite that i was manifesting he's he comes from like the science and mathematical like parts and you know we are artists um i don't know that's what i wanted to tell you like that's the plot twist that happened and i think it's like the best thing that happened to me like in a really really long time um shit so you're like still together yeah so uh yeah, for, I believe, like, eight months or something. It was back in uh, August when we um, made it official. Good for you. <laughs> Good for you. For the last, like, year, I've been, like, so, like, I just struck out every single time. I just, like, felt 
so tired of going into the same pattern of like get on tinder uh, like match with like someone then like after a couple of days and like um, i got so desperate at one point that i was just like so just trying out different pages for like trying to find any girl that just wants to fuck anything you know but uh yeah i, I ended up like even i matched with a goddamn duck on tinder <laughs> i was i was like what the fuck like i <laughs> i fucking uh it's so fuck it's so funny how like at least i got that you, you know, know any I'm, hole is uh, a goal and the doc the doc actually talked way more than any girl that i tried in the last year uh, like it was so um yeah it's just like i everything doc related so it was really funny how it's just like i the first thing i told the doc was like quackity quack quack then uh, she said like quack quack then i said like quack the fuck <laughs> it was just uh, yeah that was a that was a clear bright side in uh, otherwise a long year of just uh, yeah texting different girls being like hey you want to hang and shit and nothing working and yeah like i i even ended up getting into this uh <laughs> this uh weird swingers uk site and i found some fucking gold there like as soon as i got in i realized i'm not i'm not doing a thing with any of the people here because it's just pure uh, i'm not gonna say filth because they're people yeah. but like it's just not your like vibe, some yeah. comments of like old guys uh sending huge fucking comments talking about how they want to dominate a 19 year old girl and i just i said fuck this shit i'm not i'm not even trying to talk to anyone on this page especially because the 19 year old was you they wanted to dominate your ass <laughs> <laughs> no no but uh it just uh i was i was shocked uh, but still, like you gotta be free with your uh, with your sexuality. The girl said that she wanted to be dominated, and then this fucking old guy that commented on like every single picture he saw, uh, he he wrote this like long ass text that you can find on my on my Twitter. I just screenshot it, and it was just it was that was pure filth that was just so fucking disgustingly crazy <laughs> like uh, do you think we can incorporate uh, that well, uh on a song <laughs> well i i don't think uh so do you want me to read it i mean if you want to yeah i don't follow you on twitter so yeah, sure sure <laughs> So his username is bend over me. Okay, okay. We are studying <laughs> like the bar is set really high. Okay. Yeah. And I'll I'll show you a picture of him, uh, his uh, profile picture. The listeners sadly won't be able to see his face. But uh yeah, this is uh Okay, okay, you okay. See it? He looks like a yeah, loaf kind of, of bread, but like 
uh, with blonde hair or something, <laughs> if that makes sense. That's the vibes for the audience. Okay, so he starts with, so you want spanking and fucking? Oh, you're so excited and sexy. We're going to be naked together a long time, darling. Tell me what a naughty girl you are and how much pain you need. Tell me what a... No, take your clothes off, then watch me strip. Have a good look at my big, juicy cock. <laughs> You're going to feel a lot of it between your smooth, exciting legs. Look at me starting to erect. I'm arching, I'm aching so much to give you a really powerful fucking. But we'll start with giving you a red sore bottom. So bend over my naked legs with your thigh pressing against my cock. Okay, this is like so fucking... The thing is that it is <laughs> like, filth for I'll you, start... but for me this is poetry. This yeah. is like... Um... No, it's... Garcia Lorca yeah, type honest, of level, you know what I mean? Okay, I'll finish. I'll start warming you up. I'll take my time and wait for the pain to fade in before I deliver the next hard slap on your bum. You'll squirm against my cock, and I love that. I'll be thinking all the time about the fucking you're about to, you're going to get after I tie you to each corner of the bed and put two pillows under your bum. I'm going to thrust every every inch so deep into you. You're going to get so much big cock, you won't be able to walk. <laughs> oh my god, it's poetry. It is it even rhymes. <coughs> Damn, by that woman a wheelchair Sorry. because she's up for no good. Yeah, no, she's uh, she's in big danger. She is though. But <laughs> yeah, she should definitely not add her location to her profile. Yeah, no, I was so after that, I kind of hit rock bottom. I was like, I'm in this site. What else? Like, I cannot go lower than this. So now I I don't really care about like if I if I get to know someone, then good. If I don't, I love myself, you know, <coughs> like I just, uh, this has been so long. There's been basically no parties. It's been like just trying to find someone online and trying to find someone online is the worst thing ever. First of all, I hate like chatting. I just, uh, I cannot, I I'd much rather talk on the phone like call than ever chat on whatsapp or something because it's just uh, there's no way to really have a, a conversation uh so yeah i just if i meet someone then i meet someone but right now i'm happy with my weed with my friends with my music and i'm good yeah <laughs> well um First of all, I want to say that uh, it's really comprehensible why you uh, hit rock bottom, um, especially when it comes right after that message that you just read. Um, it's just like there would be no other option for you, you know what I mean? Um, and then, yeah, I think 
this is what I learned as well. It's like the most important thing is for you to be. Uh, can you hear my cats or no? <laughs> but it's it's a it's a nice fun added aspect to the podcast. Um, it's fun. But yeah, uh, the other thing is like yeah, uh, no matter what, like um, you know, being in a relation with someone in a relationship with someone uh, will not solve your problems. Uh, because first of all, that's not the point of a relationship. Uh, and then it's like, you have to be okay with yourself first. So that you can be, you know, okay with someone else. Because I think this ideology of like two halves that complement each other is quite toxic. Is like, you know, we are not half people. We are just, we are one entire person, like with personality yeah. and also with trauma. And we just have to be okay with that in order um, for us to be okay with someone else by our side. Um, but yeah, basically. Yeah. Well, this was a, a very nice, uh, fun topic to talk about, to kind of uh, fill out the like 20 minutes of like of the podcast i think i i really find it interesting like how you found happiness i'm so happy for you and i've uh, gone through a lot of shit as well <laughs> uh, but uh yeah so you want to you want to try the i have this very fun quiz okay okay okay, okay. i'm gonna give you some uh, some uh, options for different people that we all know that we all had people like this in high school. Okay, okay, let's go. And uh, yeah, let's see. So um, let me find that quiz. It, this is uh, brought to you by Clickhole. Please check out Clickhole because they are probably the best comedy channel. And the whole, in, in the entirety of the internet. Other than the watch show, it's the best content you'll ever find. Well, that, and uh, wait, what was the name of your, of your coming soon, your My podcast? Uh, podcast that's, uh, well, the first episode is gonna uh, premiere uh, Monday, uh, this next Monday. I don't know in specific which day it is. Uh, but yeah, the name of the podcast yep. is Bats Give Oral Sex. Uh, you can find it on uh, Spotify. Um, and then I will also have some projects coming up soon. Um, I also have like a Patreon uh, profile, but I'm not going to, you know. Please pay him. <laughs> yeah, but it's like at this point, there's nothing really special there. But yeah, I'm planning to use it as an extension of the podcast, uh, because basically what I want to do is have more like generic topics on on Spotify and then give exclusive um, insights um, to the people on my Patreon. Um, because, okay. you know, the... Uh, how can I say? Like the concept for my podcast uh, ever since I started thinking about it which was maybe like one or two years ago um is what i like to call the midnight reflections which is usually when it's really dark outside and everyone is you know asleep uh and some thoughts just i don't know appear in my mind and i want to share them so 
Yeah, that's it. I also use my Patreon as um, a dream diary because uh, dreams are really important um, part uh, of my creative process. Um, shout out to the Surrealist Manifesto. Um, and yeah, that's it basically. So you can listen to Bats Give Oral Sex on Spotify. I think it will be available already when this episode when this episode uh, airs. Well, you heard it. Well, let's get into this okay, quiz. Let's go. Which one of these seven identities were you in high okay. school? <clears throat> Number one, the kid who drugs a dead pelican around on a leash. Oh boy, we all went through this phase. You get into high school, normal, average teenager, and then suddenly you're the kid who's dragging the large dead pelican around the campus on a metal leash, introducing it as your new pet and constantly stuffing it with, well, a herring that you might keep on your backpack. Of course, it seems lame now, but what high schooler could possibly resist the pelican? It smells so bad, but looks so damn cool. <laughs> also my ass. <laughs> then we got number two. The kid who drinks from a water fountain for 10 hours a day. Sure, you're probably not proud of it. But at some point, you definitely were the kid who stuck their lips on a nozzle and sucked down cold, crisp H2O from morning till night. Whatever. You were young. Then, of course, number three, the sensitive astronaut. Brushing your bangs aside beneath your pressurized polycarbonate helmet so you could look deep into a girl's eyes and tell her she's more breathtaking than any star cluster you've ever seen. Smooth. Having your face max pop open when you're trying to kiss her and then writing in agony as you're exposed to the hostile oxygen levels of the terrestrial atmosphere. Not so smooth. Then, oh, of course, this one, everybody knows him. The parents drowned in soda, kid. His parents, they drowned in soda. And you just feel like, like, the guy is so lucky because probably his parents were super rich. Because if they could drown in soda, they must have so much soda. And everybody keeps asking him, hey, can we have some of that soda? And he's like, no, my, my parents just drowned in it. There's no way you can drink some of that soda. It's my soda. I want of to drink course, it. Of course, I hate people that don't acknowledge their privilege. Yeah. Then, of course, the slot from the deep. That's a, that's a famous one. She's like, she lives at the bottom of the ocean. Mm -hmm. And she just eats uh, dead whales and all the waste that goes into the bottom of the ocean. And she also, well, fucks fishes as well. Then uh, the punk underneath things, that's uh, like, I got a friend like that, that uh, just like sees a pile of things and just goes under it and says, hey, I'm a punk now. Then, uh, of course, number six, number, no, number seven. Well, this is a bit sad. Okay. This is a sad way to end this uh, podcast, but uh, yeah. 
We've all been the kid who died in a DUI. Yeah. Everyone, when they're in high school, everyone dies in a DUI at least once. I right? think so, yeah. Yeah. Well, who do you think you are out of all those? So... Um, okay, I think I have like a timeline. When I was like in the 7th, yeah. 8th uh, and ninth grade, um, I think I was the punk kid. Um, I think I was it because it was like, you know, let me just uh, do whatever. And, you know, I'm... I'm just like, I'm different. I'm built like no one else in this world. Um, and then I got to high school. And I think I transformed uh, into the kid that walks around with a pelican. Um, I think mm -hmm. it's the vibe that I vibe the most. Yeah, I mean, yeah, just dragging around the dead pelican. Who doesn't I mean, want who that? Does... And you also got the herring in the backpack. That's always It fun. is, though. Uh, and I wish I could go back, honestly, because now that I'm in university, I feel like I am the slot at the bottom of the ocean. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's, it's a sad life, but it is what it is. Yeah, I feel, like, I feel like I'm the punk under the things. Like, if I see a pile of things, I immediately think about getting underneath that mm -hmm. pile and saying, hey, I'm a punk now. <laughs> and that's just who I am. And yeah, well, I'm afraid that we kind of run out of time. We just had uh, an hour and a half of, uh, I think, a very cool conversation. Talking about music, talking about life, talking about lockdown, love, punks. And uh, I, I truly enjoyed it. And I've lo I'd love to have you on this show Anytime. Thank you very much. I really want to come back soon. Uh, thank you very much for having me. Uh, I'm sorry if you were uh, expecting something that it's like much funnier. Um, but I don't know. We no, haven't no. talked I to each other. I knew that you for... aren't funny yeah, at all. Yeah, I know, right? I just wanted to go for the serious <laughs> stuff first. Yeah, yeah. When I, if I want someone funny, I call on another of person. Of course, you would do a podcast by yourself yeah. only. Um, <laughs> but yeah, also it's, I think it's a really interesting experiment as well because we haven't talked for so long, uh, and you know, now yeah. we recorded this conversation and people can, um, listen to it. Thank you very much for having me. <laughs> yeah. Well, for everybody here listening, I hope you really enjoyed the show. This has been the What Show with Bruno and, uh, yeah. Peace. I'll see you next time. Thank you.